Hi, I'm Joy. Hi, I'm Susan. And this is Girlish Gurus. And Susan, why are we here? We are here to start a conversation about female empowerment and the issues facing women our age at this time, and to have some fun along the way. So, let's get started. Okay. Well, hello. Welcome back. This is Susan. This is Joy. And today we're talking about a very important topic. Yes. Trauma and grief. And we have a special guest today, a friend of mine that I want to thank for joining us today. And she's going to speak to us about this topic because she's been doing a lot of work around it. She has some personal experience around this. And we're very excited to get her insights around the topic. This is Kathy Fletcher. She's a professional trauma-informed health and wellness coach. She's located in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Yes, welcome, Kathy. Thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we oh, do. Thank you both. Hello, Susan and Joy. I'm so happy and honored to be here today. Well, thank you again thank you. for joining us. So we kind of wanted to just get into these two topics and get your take on what your background has been around this, what made you to decide to get into this area as far as your coaching practice. So you want to start with that and kind of fill us in on your background a little bit? Oh, sure. I'd be happy to. Well, coaching is something I've always felt drawn to do, but have spent the last 25 years plus before this career in nonprofit management. So I did a lot of that. And then when COVID hit and everything kind of shut down, that was the time I knew it was ready for me to go into my coaching training and to go this direction. And as far as this going into the trauma-informed part, that's very interesting because, as you mentioned, Susan, I have experienced probably the deepest wound of trauma. Uh, My son, who was 22 at the time, now it's been 10 years ago, which is really hard to believe, he took his life. And so I had no idea. I had never known anyone who had died by suicide. I had just absolutely no idea what to do. And because I never do anything in like one or pairs, uh, I was also going through a divorce, moving from my dream home on the East Coast back to the dreaded Texas, which was the place that I could find to get a job at the time. So I had been at my work for 10 days when my son took his life. And we had dealt with a lot of substance abuse. He was you know, brilliant, probably bipolar, his father was. And, you know, I thought he was just doing really well. And then that came about. So luckily, a friend of mine, you can tell, it still makes me very shaky. So, well, of course. Uh, Absolutely. Um, a friend of mine who was just there at the right time at the right place, she led me to, I just consider him my lifesaver. He would, had been a hospice chaplain forever and was a grief counselor and I loved it. He had been also Episcopalian priest and he wore Hawaiian shirts every day. So he was very open-minded and he literally just, like I said, I, I credit him for just saving my life, getting through that part of it. And I can remember at the very beginning him saying, what are you feeling? And I'm like, I'm horribly sad. He goes, no, what are you feeling inside your body? And I, I literally 
at 50 years old was like, I don't even know what you mean. What do you mean? What do I feel in my body? So all of that to say, I think because what are we all taught, you know, as we're growing up, especially as young women, get out there and compete with the best of the boys and we grow our brains, right? So we separate from our bodies. And when we're doing that, what we have felt with trauma, with grief, with everything there, it stops at our head. So that's been a lot of the buildup. So when I went into coaching, this will make you laugh. I said, okay, I'm, I'm loving doing this. I can't wait to work with happy women that are filled with joy that are going to do great things. I am staying the hell away from anything to do with trauma and grief. Yep, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so I started coaching and I did that for like, I'd say a couple of months. Oh my gosh, I was so bored. And then as things will happen, I started having women in my life showing up. One in particular, she was a professional woman, ran a very large corporation. She had just lost her only son to suicide. Her husband had died a few years earlier from cancer. Well, she did not even let anyone in her work know oh my God. because she was afraid that her staff would look down upon her. But I have to say, I, in a way did the same thing because I had a very young staff when this happened to me. There were probably about 10 to 15 of them. And what a perfect opportunity. I remember coming back and they were all just sitting there like with, you know, deer in the headlights looks. And I didn't want to appear weak. I didn't, I mean, these are things we were taught. I didn't want them to think that I wasn't going to be able to handle my job. Because on the other end of the stick there, I was approached by the president after one week after my son had died to ask when I thought I'd be able to bring in that multi-million dollar donation gift. So I'm living with that on the side going, oh my God, I may lose my job to my staff on the other side looking at me and I didn't understand the gift I had at that time to share with them exactly what that was like because I didn't even have the tools to deal with it myself. Wow. So all of that to say, I've come full circle and realized that my gifts lie and my reality in the trauma-informed work. And I mean, we can just look globally right now and see how much everyone is struggling with trauma. I mean, we just have to look outside our door. So, and you know, like COVID wasn't enough. Here we are right now, even deeper into this. So you pile all of that on top of everyone's personal trauma. And I mean, wow, we've got a lot going on to deal with. Yeah, we definitely do. So Kathy, from the standpoint of trauma, how does trauma manifest itself in people typically? What are maybe some symptoms or some things you notice in people that might be evidence that they're going through a traumatic experience? Yeah, that's a great question, Susan. I think what we don't understand, we all seem to look at, okay, trauma is for, I can remember my father, as a matter of fact, after this happened with my son, I was diagnosed with PTSD. And um, I I was trying to explain this to, oh, and I was trying to explain this to my father. And he's like, what are you even talking about? That's for combat soldiers who come back after the war. 
And at first I was so hurt by that, which I still am, that he thought that. But I thought he doesn't know any different because this is what we're told. It's like I'm what I'm feeling is not big enough, grand enough, horrible enough to be considered trauma. So you may hear a lot of times that's capital T trauma or lower T trauma. And I find even with my clients, they will say, oh, no, 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 no. I had a very, very happy childhood. I, I don't I don't experience it. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't experience any of that. And then, of course, getting to talk to them a little bit, they will start explaining a childhood experience or something that happened to them, say, in college where they may have been date raped. They've not even looked at those things as any kind of trauma. So rather than going to the Webster's Dictionary, I like to say that trauma is something that may have happened to you that has affected the way that you may be living your life in a way that you may not have thought you were going to, if that makes sense. So trauma can be anything inside of us that has caused us any kind of pain, anything that we feel like we can't get through. So it can be anything that you've gone through in your life and i think when we're able to finally understand that oh yeah i do remember an event when i was 10 years old and i was bullied on the playground it can be something like that that still is stuck inside of you so if you find someone a therapist or preferably a therapist that can kind of help you get to some of that and through some of it that's going to make all of the difference. And of course, we all know the capital T traumas, like death in a family, loss of a job, divorce, all of those would be considered capital T traumas. But I mean, I just figure they're all traumas that we're experiencing. Yes. So if you can get through those, that's what we're trying to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense Clarify to me. That yes. part? Okay, okay. So as far as getting through it, well, and let me say this too, I normally don't do like going on these private Facebook pages or anything, but one kept popping up that was mothers who have lost sons. And on this side, I went ahead and did that. And on this side, you've got everyone that are like New York Times bestsellers to maybe immigrant moms who just, you know, have struggled, struggled just economically just culturally trying to live day to day in the United States or wherever they may be. So it's a full spectrum of women that you cannot imagine the number of them that are like, I don't want to live. Mm. I want to end my life. I want to go be with my son. It breaks my heart mm. so into just to hear the depth of of grief and trauma that they are expressing and they don't know how to say anything but there are actually women on there that said i tried to take my life last night and my husband came in and caught me or i've been in three days of uh psychiatric care i mean it just this is when i realized there's so much work to be done with other women in this area there is a scarcity right now of professional help even if women and I, I specifically speak of women because that's mostly who I work with. And then, of course, in this Facebook group I was talking about. But there is such limited professional help that's out there. So they're either put on a wait list or they cannot afford $150 to $200 per hour to go and see these yeah. professionals. Sure. And many of them, you know, if you've not had this as an experience where you've reached out for professional help, you don't even know where to begin. So 
I've at least tried with them just starting from the basics, just trying to teach them some simple breath work, just helping them see my side. Okay, here's what happens the first year. Here's what happened my second year. Here's, you know, where we are along the rail. And some of them would state, oh, my gosh, I've never heard anyone tell me before that I'm actually there's a chance to kind of heal through this. Thank you so much for just telling us. So they don't even know. They just Mm -hmm. think this is their whole world forever is how they're going to feel like Mm -hmm. this. So I know there's such a need. And of course, for me, it's being able to process what I'm seeing with a lot of the pain. I need to teach people to Mm -hmm. take these tools so that they may teach them to their fellow women, friends, family, whoever needs that from them. I feel like that is what I'm I'm here to do for this next part of service in my life. Yeah. Kathy, from my perspective, I look at that and I look at what you're doing and I think, gosh, I, how hard it must be to not take on all of that pain and that. Well, I think to a certain extent though, you're uniquely qualified. Oh, she is absolutely. To maintain that space and to be able to help, others who are going through what you've been through I totally understand that and I I applaud you for entering into this piece of work that's a pretty monumental and noble thing that you're doing it is oh thank you I I really feel honored to be able to do this part to know that hopefully I can just make a difference like I say to help educate others that they can go forward to educate other women as well Mm. But I think you're right. Women in our generation, especially, and that's the audience we're looking at for this podcast. You're right, Kathy. We were taught to push aside our feelings, push them down, like don't acknowledge them. You've got to be strong. You've got to move on. You can't, you don't have time to deal. And women don't. Women typically, they have to put their heads down and keep the families together and maintain and it's a lot of work having Uh a family to guide through a situation like this yes and then you still have your professional world and everything keeps spinning Mm -hmm. and no one really knows how to deal with you because we've not been taught about death and grief in this society unfortunately so they're behaving the only way they've been taught which is when are you going to be back to be the person you were before, which you're right. never going to be, but no one knows how to understand that. Right. And I don't think we even realize, like at the beginning, you you listed some things that people experience in their lifetimes that are considered traumatic experiences. And I don't, mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think we ignore a lot of those things as just being something in our lives that we have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. It's not trauma. It's just, well, it's life and I have to deal with it. Um, mm-hmm. Because several of the things you listed, I'm thinking, gosh, hmm, I could think of a few. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And so we pack that down. Your feelings don't have time to deal with you now. And we just pack them down inside of us. And then, I mean, look around. And even... Even with all of my experience, my education, this is my profession. I mean, this still affects us every day. There are still days that I'm like, well, it's going to be one of those days. I'm not going to be able to get out of my pajamas because I'm still just to my knees with grief from the loss of my son. 
Of course. Um, during COVID, you know, everyone had so much loss. I lost my dad. My my, oh my 14 God. year old dog died. My job was gone because it was in the performing arts. All of those shut down. Moving from Texas to Santa Fe, which that was wonderful, except it was strange in the pandemic. But, you know, lots and lots of changes at one time. So what did I do? Even though I had my own rituals, my own self-care, I still put on 30 pounds I'm still trying to get off. I stopped doing because I couldn't get out and do my yoga with other yoga community members and things that I had always used for my self-care. Those came to a stop. And instead, here came the nightly wine with my daughter. Here came all these desserts, things that we had never really allowed into our regular everyday life. So, I mean, we it's just a process in our lives that we are constantly striving for self-care. That is the key. Self-care, self-care, however that looks for you. Yeah. Gosh, as we're talking through this, I'm thinking of all the things that women in our age group start experiencing that could fall into that category of trauma. So uh-huh. it's almost overwhelming. It is overwhelming. It's not almost, it is overwhelming when you think about mm-hmm. it. Gosh, it's just a lot to process. Process. Yes. It absolutely is. We're clearly going to have to talk to you again. <laughs> well, I love it. I mean, it's such. I think it's our major topic in the world right now. And, you know, luckily trauma is becoming, I hate to say this, but almost trendy, but I'll take it because at least we finally are shining the light on it because for so long, I mean, I had a wonderful mother, a grandmother that taught me so much, but here's what they said to me. Anytime they would see tears come to my eyes, you need to stop that crying right now and stand up and be strong every time so yeah for me it was not that for me it was stop your crying or i'm gonna give you something to cry about that's what it was (laughs) Uh, mm -hmm. wow yeah yes oh yeah yeah and i think anytime you're an emotional person that becomes a stigma not Mm -hmm. a good thing Mm -hmm. yes Yes. You're too sensitive. You're too sensitive. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That was, I think, what I got a lot of. You're too sensitive. Mm-hmm. I can cry at a Hallmark commercial. Oh, I, well, I, yeah. You know, I'm not. <laughs> I cry in the Hallmark store reading the cards. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if those cards are waterproof, Susan. They are. No. <laughs> they are. Well, Kathy, if we move on to what would be considered grief, let's talk about maybe what the difference between trauma versus grief might be. Okay, sure. Well, from what we've talked about, you see they do, of course, go hand in hand a lot of times. And like we mentioned in our culture, unlike so many others, you know, where you'll see like in India where as the body is leaving its earthly form, you know, they anoint the body, they stay with the body, they, they give love to that person as the, the body's making the transition from this earthly world. Well, we, as you see, don't do much of any of that. We're terrified of death. We try to outrun death. We don't want to talk about it. And then so when it happens, we, we are left in this position of, oh, my God my mother died which of course you're going to be grieving don't get me wrong yes, there of but of course yes we haven't done the work to surround one another 
with the support that we need as we're going through these things. So we're sort of just thrown out here on the street corner going, I need to get this all together and get back to work, get things going. Because don't you love it if you ever look at your policies, if you're working for a company or corporation, if it's your husband, a child, you get five whole days that they will give you off. And that's pushing it. Sometimes you don't even get that much. Can you imagine you're supposed to just come back to a normal, quote unquote, normal working world and get over it that soon? So, I mean, all of that is just so backward to me. So the difference. Grief does not just have to be the death of someone. It can actually be from, well, the loss of a relationship that was important, job, loss of a pet. I mean, there are so many things that cause grief. But then there again, we've not been taught how to grieve. We've not been taught how to carry that sadness out. Think about it, your pet, when the pet dies, we're getting better about this. But how many people would roll their eyes when, you know, people would become very upset that they had lost their dog, who was a family member. And they're like, Oh, my God, it was just a pet, get over it, you know, that kind of thing. So we're not really taught that it's okay. And of course, it's wonderful that you're grieving this big loss that was in your life. And the thing is, when we are not allowed to grieve, or we don't know how to, then that will go into the trauma category that not knowing how to deal with that becomes substance abuse, we shoved it down inside. So it becomes one of those coping mechanisms that are more that we have all come to depend upon. You're exactly right. That happened to me when my mother died. Really? Well, she died unexpectedly. And at the time, I was a practicing attorney. And I had cases on in court. And I contacted the judge's office. I contacted opposing parties. And I said, look, here's what's going on. I'm going to be gone for a little while. Well, I had to go back immediately after the funeral and she died in Virginia and we buried her in Ohio. And so getting her there and coordinating all of that and just, you know, it was complicated and it took a while Mm -hmm. and I was Mm -hmm. traveling a lot at that time. And I had to go back. I was only really out for two weeks and not the whole time either. I was in and out a little bit over that two-week period. And I had to go back into court immediately the Monday after the funeral for the most part. And I was not prepared. I was not present. And I had to do some fast stepping and fetching (laughs) in order to manage the case for that day. And it was not an easy time. So... That just sends chills down my spine. And didn't you want to just burst into tears right there with all the emotions you already were experiencing? I think I made it to the clerk's office before I did. Mm -hmm. I was lucky in that I had some great friends in the clerk's office and they helped cushion the blow and helped me as much as they possibly could. So that was, I was fortunate. A lot of the women who were working there, I've known for quite a period of time and they were wonderful to me and so that made it significantly easier 
Oh, I'm so sorry you went through that. Well, it is what it is. I mean, that's nothing compared to what many, many, many people have gone through with traumatic experiences. But you know. Okay, but Joy, you just said the word, exactly what we were talking about earlier. Here's what we do as women. Mine is nothing. So-and-so's was so True. much more. Oh. So we need to honor our own trauma, our own grief. It's so easy to do that. But I think until we can actually feel, appreciate, honor our own trauma and grief, it's very difficult to express that to our other loved ones or to the community uh, globally at whole, if that makes sense. It does. Yes, that makes sense. Yes. Kathy, how, how would you talk about the process of learning how to deal with, I mean, I, when I lost my mother a couple years ago, I actually was lucky enough to be able to go to therapy. I actually was diagnosed with PTSD from, from that situation, from being there when my mother died, I was at her bedside. And then the grief that follows and how, how we process that and learn how to deal with it as, as it comes up. And obviously it's worse the closer you are to the event, but then it's, mm -hmm. I think it happens and I'm sure for you it does the trauma and the grief of the loss or the event can happen for the rest of your life. So absolutely. Can you talk about maybe the coping mechanisms for when those things come up and how we can work ourselves through those so that it, it isn't stuck in us. We're not trying to fight against it, but we're trying to allow it to work itself through us so we can move on. Oh, absolutely. And just to kind of backtrack on that, what you said, Susan, earlier about if we don't deal with this, then when something less eventful, how about that? If something happens to us less eventful next time, we may just come unglued because we haven't dealt with the death of your mother or whatever may have happened before. We've not worked through those emotions. So everything literally just is landed on top of the next experience to where you're unable to deal until you just stop and do it. And I think we can all admit when we have a loved one die, it, we don't have the luxury of just dropping everything and being able to grieve right we have to plan for joy as in your case and a lot of us you're traveling you've got to go to wherever your loved one was you've got to close up all the things they've had you've got to get the finances i mean there's a whole process in and of itself that will take months and sometimes years, years to get through years yes years. so and and i speak still going through all of that with my father's issues with his estate it go it just keeps going and going so that is not grieving that is getting the work done and so what do we tell ourselves when all of the grief comes up i do not have time to deal with you right now you can go back into that dark room until i get done with all of this and then we mistake us the doing that we're doing afterward with all the tasks we mistake that as our grieving well that's nothing to do with that obviously but even i did the same thing my dad died and then i was trying to find 
a place to put my mom who had developed uh, severe dementia. We were trying to get her place. Just, you know, things never, like I say, happen just one thing at the time. It's like all of a sudden everything just avalanches toward you. So had doing all that, I thought, yep, well, luckily I had all the training. I had all the therapy, so I'm good to go. So I called up this grief counselor who I mentioned I'd had, and I've gone back to him through the years and, you know, still met with them. So I called him up and I thought, hey, he's got all the female clients that have gone through therapy with him that will be ready for coaching. I'm going to call him and tell him he can go ahead and start referring those women to me. So he's so wonderful. He starts asking me, okay, so you're in Santa Fe. That's wonderful. Tell me what's been going on. So I just start in just, you know, blah, on top of him regurgitating all this. And he's like, yeah, pull out your calendar because we're going to go ahead and make <laughs> you some more appointments. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's so easy for all of us. It doesn't matter how much education, how much training, how much therapy we've had. It is a process. So I have to be very, very careful. And I'm so fortunate to be able to do this now for those that have young families and jobs and all of those kinds of things. My heart goes to you because I've done all that before and it's really hard to be able to fit your grief in. But if you can just, even if you have to get up a little bit earlier, I know you've heard this, but if you can get some kind of ritual, self-care ritual for yourself, whatever that looks like, that is going to be your saving grace. So for me, I get up at five and Susan, thanks to you, I've gone back to doing the morning pages again. <laughs> so I do my three pages yep. and then go into my meditation for 20 minutes. I do TM. So I, I wish I could say I was really regular and did that twice a day, which is really what that calls for. But I just feel good if I can get it in once a day, usually. Then I have some inspirational readings. I do a little bit of yoga. Like I say, I'm fortunate because I usually take 90 minutes or so to do all of this it doesn't mean my dog's not scratching to get out or wanting to do things but as long as you can do anything 10 minutes worth just for yourself no one else let the kids scream outside the door whatever just a few moments that you can go into your body into your heart that you can connect the two and the breathing oh my gosh that's something everybody can do just literally breathing into your belly just as deeply as you can if you just close your eyes mm -hmm. take a big deep breath belly breath count to six one two three four five six let everything out that needs to come out through your open mouth just a huge sigh <sighs> and if you do that five times it completely changes your i think cellular level and everything and i have done that when i have not been able to go back to sleep in the middle of the night i will just stop and take those five deep belly breaths and let it all out and I, it's every time every time i go right to sleep after that it just it's that parasympathetic work that helps you to focus back in to calm yourself down so those are the main things that you just want to go into your day as calm as you can. I mean, this is a whole other topic we can get into, yeah. but introspective work, you know, there's just so much to it. But just to help people, a lot of times when I'm just working with them and I know I've just got them maybe for a few sessions or whatever, I just try to help them with these basic, simple things that they can do at any time that makes such a difference.
That's good stuff. Taking time for self, mm-hmm. which we don't do. We don't. Not like we mm-hmm. should. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have educated women who've been to therapy tell me every day. I just heard two of them yesterday. Well, you don't know how stressful my job is. I, I can't take time to do anything like that. I, I just I don't have time to do that. We allow things to come in and make excuses to not do it. But, you know, I always say this to them. Which, if I were coming to you right now with this and saying to you, I just don't have time to care about myself as my friend, what would you say to me? And that sort of helps them to look outside and go, mm. oh, yeah, I would really want to help you to see that wasn't what you should be doing. So then they can kind of get that everybody has at least 10 minutes that they can do something for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's important. It is so important. It really is. I'm sitting here thinking, I feel like you've given some really good tips while you've been discussing this, but is there any piece of advice that you could share that someone who is in serious distress could maybe grab onto and take with them to help them cope and stand back up on their feet again? Because that's what it is, really. It is. Yes. If it is serious, serious distress, which I'm not discounting any other thing, but like for me, when this happened with my son, had I not been directed to this counselor, I don't know what I would have done. Mm -hmm. You have got to some way, and you know, and I say this, I know again, here we are, you know, may not be able to afford doing something but if you will check in your town there are usually some kind of support groups there's so many things online that you can at least get into for one or two times if you can't if you do not have the means or if a a counselor can't see you for a little bit but you really really need to get some kind of professional help just to help you deal just first and foremost now that to say, if you've got, say you do call up a counselor and they say, yeah, I can see you in the middle of the summer. So you're looking at, you know, six months, then you're going to need to find some things that you can do now. And that might be going on Amazon and looking for some books that might deal with the same topics, going free to YouTube, you know, everything we can find online. Now, there should be someone talking about the situation that you're going through just to help you through that initial Uh, beginning phase and I think another thing we all should learn for each other and I've been you know this has been my thing to where when someone comes to me I'm like oh let me give you my fabulous advice well they don't need advice they need you to just hold their hand and listen to them and look in their eye and just hear their pain their sorrow their stories about their loved one we just need to be there for one another And like Joy, in your case, you know, it would have been wonderful if you could have called one of your colleagues and said, this is what happened to me. You know, I'm going through this with my mom, the loss of my mom. Can you please just grab the ball and run with it to to get done these court cases and things that I have scheduled? So I think if we're all more aware of people with loss, with grief, and we can be there for them, because so many say they're all alone and there's no one there for them and they just nobody cares so if we can just really have our eyes open and care, that's going to make the most difference. Just be kind. Listen. Excellent advice. Yep. Yeah, I think the support is key. Mm-hmm. And we don't do that enough. We expect people 
to bounce back quickly, to show up in their lives as they were before and just keep going. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's not always possible or easy. Mm-mm. We're socially conditioned to press forward and to continue showing up the way we did before and to expect that out of other people and to try to be that ourselves. So uh, another way people say it is, you know what will make you feel better? Staying busy. Uh, Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It is. And then people don't understand that you still want to hear your loved one's name. And so they think by not mentioning it, you're going to forget about it and move on. So they don't bring it up to you, which is even more awkward and hurtful that that's not being talked about. I've been very fortunate in my situation that my sons, he had lifelong friends and they've stayed in touch with me. They've made a place for him at their weddings. And Mm -hmm. now that babies are here, they bring their babies to see me. And that is just, that's my whole world just to have them stay so close in touch they still talk even after all these years about what a part of their life he was and i've still got his music he was a musician i mean it's it's been great to have those things but if people don't talk about him to me then i feel like his legacy doesn't go forward so that's very important to bring up the loved one because trust me and as you all know we don't forget our loved one because people stop talking about them exactly no Mm-hmm. No, it's important to carry on the stories and the memories. Speak, uh-huh. Speaking of which, I do want to take a moment to give you the opportunity, Kathy, to let people know what projects you're working on so they can have access to you or whatever tools you're creating to help them in times of distress like this. And I know that you're working on some things that folks can use to help them in this circumstance. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So several years ago, I became certified as a health and wellness coach. And I loved that so much. But what would happen, women were coming to me and saying, I want to lose 40 pounds. And then they would burst into tears because, of course, that was 40 pounds of emotional weight that they were needing to get through. So I did not feel credentialed enough, experienced enough to really be able to work with that woman or that that client as I wanted to because I didn't feel I had enough of the training. So during the pandemic, when I decided to be able to go this direction, I mean, I went in as I do things head first. So I did the, the year-long coaching program and then went straight into the trauma-informed certification And I have done all of that. I have been working to, in order to be ready to sit for the, it's called ICF boards, which just, you know, certifies you the highest level that can be. So I am coming close to being at that point of where I'll be taking that exam. So that should be the beginning of the summer. I have been seeing clients off and on, mostly, like I say, pro bono work right now. I'm in the process of getting everything set up business-wise, which there's a lot to that that we don't really realize till we're all in down in the dirt with it. But I still would love to work with anyone, visit with them, see if we would be a good fit. And right now, the best way to be in touch with me is probably through my email, which is Kathy, K-A-T-H-Y, Fletcher, F-L-E-T-C-H-E-R, coaching, Kathy Fletcher Coaching, at gmail.com 
So if you feel the need, I would love to be able to visit with you. And I will soon also be putting out some different programs and related courses, you know, that have to do with this as well. So all of that will be upcoming in the future. Excellent. Kathy, thank you so much for sharing your story and your wisdom and your insight on these topics. We just felt they were very important. Um, We've all experienced a part of this in our lifetimes, and it's something we all need to learn how to allow ourselves to acknowledge and manage and deal with in our lives. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So thank you. Yes, thank you so much for giving us your time. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Loved being with you too so much. Thank you. All right. We'll have you back again, Kath, if you'll come. Absolutely. I can't wait. Okay. I look forward to that. I do. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 Thanks for listening to this episode of Girlish Gurus. We hope you'll join us next time for a new, interesting, and fun topic. Be sure to check the description of this episode for any links or information about the episode's topics and to find us on our social media platforms. And don't forget to download this episode, give it a good review, and share it with your girlfriends. The more interaction we get, the more episodes we can post. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.